choices are Django CMS or Wagtail. Yeah. And they have great admin tools. Mm -hmm. But then again, you are limited to whatever you can use in, in Django for the, for the, usually for the front end. Yes, That's, that, exactly. Those are templates. Exactly. So here come, here come headless in place. So headless is basically uh, just uh, uh, a way to consume the data from the CMS or whatever backend you're using with something else. Hello, hello, hello everyone, and uh, welcome back to uh, Hackcast. This is episode number five, season two. We are once again in Hacksoft Studio that is behind the camera. I'm Rado. I'm Ivo. Yeah, and uh, today we're going to uh, talk about serverless and perhaps headless. Perhaps headless is going to be the main topic. And this is uh, basically part three of our discussion about Next.js. Then we followed up with Vercel. And now we're going to talk about headless because this also plays really well with Next.js and Vercel. And before we start, you promised something last episode. What was it? You promised that when we are talking about serverless and headless, you're going to bring a server. Oh, yeah, it's here. Yeah, so we have a server. It's here. It's our great computer. <laughs> it's our old grader uh, that we were using uh, when we were doing courses. And for a lot of other stuff, but now yeah. it's resting here. It's retired. It's yeah. unplugged, and that's that's about it. So, yeah. Uh, promise. Uh, what's, what's the word for it? Uh, promise kept. Yes. Yes, talking about serverless with, with a server nearby. With, with the server nearby. All right, so yeah, let's start uh, about headless. What's headless and why do we want to talk about it? All right, so for me, Next.js is great when it comes to productivity. It got all the needed tools in order to do uh, modern web development uh, focused around front-end. And, uh, and it plays with uh, Vercel, so you just drag and drop deploy it. And when you get a um, front-end library, something that contains components that are just there for you, and then it's extremely powerful in terms of developing front-end. Now, what about when it comes to, to back-end? You need to hook yeah. it to something. You still need some back-end system in order to uh, be really productive on the front-end side, right? So what are the options? You can use, you can use Next yes, you as can, the back-end. You, you can use Next as the back-end, but you need to build your own framework around it yeah and uh, that's why we're not really using it for the backend you may stick with the uh, old and proper uh, backend uh, frameworks like let's say django yeah. Rails, some, something like that but uh, that way you will have to do a lot of uh, development and a lot of things that if you're doing let's say a quick mvp or something you may yeah. not need to get there and you are limited to whatever's available in the ecosystem of your framework so, for example, if you if you decide that your backend is going to be Django mm -hmm. for whatever you're building, and you want CMS or uh, e-commerce, then you're limited to the options within the Django ecosystem. Yes, yes. And let's say you need to build something like a, a content management system with Django. Mm -hmm. So, so you're definitely not going to use the Django admin for this. You need to bring some kind of, of a front end for your backend, and then yep. it is basically a lot of work. On the other side, we have all the well-known uh, content management systems that are yep. there for, for, for decades, like, like WordPress, like Ghost, like, like whatever. 
Well, the problem there is that you definitely need to understand the content management system itself. You, you even need to understand the template language they're using, the uh, language that they're written. You, you need to know how to write plugins in order to deal with uh, these content management systems, right? And often cases you don't really want to, uh, you, you want to get all the good things for the CMS, but, yeah. you, but you don't want to write your own team, you don't want to write your own plugins, and you want to keep your front-end development inside Next.js while using all the nice benefits from the uh, content management system that you want to use. Exactly. You kind of want to have best of both worlds because for, for quite a lot of time, uh, things like WordPress, they were driving the technology choices uh, depending on, 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 on your needs. So if you say, I want a website with a blog, mm -hmm. this usually meant, okay, I will go with WordPress because WordPress is great for having a blog and it's kind of great for having a website, but then all of the development needs to also happen within uh, the WordPress context. Exactly. That means that you probably need to develop some plugins. You probably need to uh, know the template language and how the whole ecosystem there is working, which is a lot of knowledge to be granted. Yes. And I think it's the same for, for example, uh, you want to have a Django backend and have a CMS. So your uh, choices are Django CMS or Wagtail. Yeah. And they have great admin tools. Mm -hmm. But then again, you are limited to whatever you can use in, in Django for the, for the, usually for the front end. Yes, That's, that, exactly. Those are templates. Exactly. So here come, here come headless in place. So headless is basically uh, just uh, uh, a way to consume the data from the CMS or whatever backend you're using with something else. So uh, uh, a headless block as headless CMS would be just an admin panel where you control your data and then this data is exposed via some kind of APIs to yes. something that is the head, something that is the front end, something that is consuming this data and these APIs in order to render your website. Exactly. And this is this is really powerful because, because if we take the headless approach, then we can say, all right, we want to build a new website and this new website is going to have block, mm -hmm. like for example, our website. Yeah. And then we can say, all right, we're going to uh, use Next.js for everything front-end related. Mm -hmm. And for the block itself, again, we're going to render it with Next.js. Yes. Leveraging all the capabilities there. But for the editing, we still want to use WordPress mm -hmm. or Ghost. Or Ghost, let's because say. Because they have great editors and it's, uh, it's a familiar tool that a lot of people can use. And you don't have to build your own editing UI and backend and so on and so forth. Absolutely, yeah. So this is really powerful. So, so the content management systems—they're really good at managing the content, providing you providing you the best possible uh, content management experience in the admin panel. But when it comes to front end, you need to be really productive with your tools and build the front end the way you like to do. And when you combine this with Next and Vercel, again, uh, this, this is the point where you get distributed front end all over the world with one centralized yes. content management system in one place. And this, this, this gets the thing really powerful. Yeah. And again, it's, it's all about ha having the, the, the options to use next on the front end. And then if you are to do a blog, then use ghost or use WordPress or mm -hmm. whatever else there is. And most of the uh, content management systems and e-commerce systems and blogging systems nowadays, they support the so-called headless mode, which is basically having having an API yeah. and not uh, relying on how they implement the front end. 
and this is this is really powerful. Uh, so in theory, you can even combine multiple CMSs yeah. for multiple things. So for example, if you uh, are going to have a block on your website and let's say something that displays some kind of data, you can use a proper CMS for the data and a blogging platform like Ghost for, for the blog itself. And if they're not interconnected with each other a lot, it actually works great. Yes. You so, can, yeah. so your Next.js can, can consume both APIs and get information from both of the places. So for example, our website, hacksoft.io, currently the block is managed by Ghost, yes. by a headless uh, Ghost instance mm -hmm. that we are running on DigitalOcean, Digital I, yeah. I think. Yeah. And we are now going to add uh, CMS mm -hmm. because everything is basically static on our... Uh, yes, like the, content on our React. Web, the yeah. content on our website, uh, ex except the blog, of course, is changing really infrequently. It's changing once every, yeah. every couple of months. So until now, it is just in a JSON file in the front-end repository. But now we are migrating it to some kind of headless CMS in order to be able to change the content from time to time without deploying and without making any kind of uh, exactly. uh, deployments and changes in the code. Yeah, And we're going to try with the Dato, Dato? Yeah, da I think it's Dato. Dato CMS? Dato CMS, yeah, which actually provides you uh, a non-code solution for creating your uh, models. Yeah, we, we can say, okay, we have, let's say, teammates, and each teammate is going to have a picture, a, f a full name, a position, and a couple of other fields. And it's giving you the admin panel where you can actually put the data in. Instead of having a JSON file, as we do at the moment, we are going to enter this data into Dato CMS. And the Next.js uh, app is just going to consume this data data via some kind of API. Yeah, and again, it's extremely powerful because you can leverage multiple headless platforms depending on your needs. Absolutely. And for blogging and for CMS, there are multiple options. Uh, what about e-commerce? E-commerce, well, well, as they for, say. Yeah, for, for, for e-commerce, I think all the major uh, solutions out there now support headless modes. Uh, let's say Shopify, you can run your... Uh, Shopify shop uh, entirely headless and write your own front end based on your needs. Yep. And for example, Shopify perhaps is the most popular example. You can run it in headless mode, as you said, mm -hmm. built, built on Next.js. If you want to stick in, uh, for example, stay in Django world for the backend, mm -hmm. uh, there are some good um, platforms, open source platforms for e-commerce that I know that you've been using. Yeah, something called, I think it's Sailor. Salio I call it Salior. <laughs> yeah, but, but probably it's Sailor. I don't know. Uh, it, is, it is Django based and uh, again, it is uh, absolutely headless. It just provides a GraphQL API over the uh, data that it defines. So you can, you can use it with a bunch of mutations. So you can uh, purchase things, you can uh, create your own card and some GraphQL specific things that we are going to talk about a little bit later today, probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there, there, there are, there are solutions because my experience was pretty straightforward. I, uh, understood that if I want to use uh, a non-headless uh, platform, let's say I entered uh, uh, Shopify mm. and I saw some default themes and I say, oh, they look good. I just want to modify some of the things. And then I understood that I need to learn their template language and the way they're doing things. And I was, okay, Next.js is something I know. How can I stick with Next.js and use all these goodies that the platforms like uh, uh, Shopify and Seller are giving to me? Exactly. So headless was the uh, um, great solution here. And combining this with the different um, uh, methods of rendering your content, especially when it's not changing too much. For example, if you have some products, that they're not changing on a daily basis, right? You have, let's say, 200 products that you're changing once every couple of weeks. 
So you can totally go with some uh, kind of static rendering mm. in order to uh, optimize your website, making it as fast as possible and uh, um, distributed all over the world, of course, and having a single source of truth where where is your data where in which platform your your data is and how many let's say products you have and all of this is managed in one place mm -hmm. and just getting uh, the um, centralized all over the world with Verstel and next it yep. works great yeah so this this is where you can basically leverage the power of and I've been saying this wrong for the past two episodes. Sorry, Teddy, <laughs> you had to edit it. Uh, you can leverage the incremental static regeneration yes. part of uh, part of Next and Verseo, mm -hmm. where all your product pages are basically cached because they're not changing that often. Yeah. And whenever something changes on the, um, the backends, mm -hmm. Is, is, is it the head or it's no, it's the headless thing? Whenever something changes on the headless part, <laughs> yeah, the head, <laughs> the is, head is the front end. Yeah, the head is the front end. Then you can just uh, perhaps have a webhook mm -hmm. com and combine it with something else and just uh, call the API that's going to revalidate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever static uh, content you have and then you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, webhooks are one of the major features of all the uh, headless platforms and the platforms that can be used as headless because you just need to set up your webhooks properly in order to trigger them when, for example, I'm changing a product or a retailer or a review or something else. Uh, the headless platform is just triggering a webhook saying, hey, next, this object just updated. Can you please re-render your stuff, distribute all over the world so everyone knows that this product, let's say, is not available anymore or we change the images or we change the description or, or so on. So uh, I know that you you have actually implemented this. Are you actually calling next an API route or you go through something like Integromat, which is now Make. <laughs> Integromat was great name, Make, nah, it's average. Anyway, uh, are you going through Integromat and then uh, uh, Vercel or straight to straight to Vercel? Uh, straight, straight to Vercel, straight to the API route that is saying, okay, what was the object that was updated? Okay, this object is presented in this, this, in this page. Let's re-render all of them and we are good to go. All right, got so, it. I find a way to do the authentication uh, directly with webhooks. I'm just attaching a param to the uh, URL and we're pretty much good to go there. All right. Yeah. And you mentioned GraphQL. Yes. GraphQL is something that works really well with headless uh, just because the API that the headless system is providing most of the time it is GraphQL. Some, some headless system provide RESTful API and a GraphQL API, but what is commonly used is the uh, GraphQL API, just because you can, query, you can query exactly what you want on given places and nothing more. So the GraphQL is just giving you a bunch of uh, uh, objects and the relations between them and a bunch of notations. And knowing, one the, knowing what the schema is, you can just query exactly what you want. For example, on the detail page of the product, I want all of the information about the product. On the index page, I'm only showing a little icon of the product and the title and probably the price. So I want to query only these objects. On, let's say, the uh, suggested uh, uh, categories, I can query only the categories, but only three items for every category. And then the next couple of items I'm going to query after this. So you have all this freedom to query exactly yeah. what you want and nothing more which is uh, something that is harder to do using REST, RESTful APIs or even some case impossible. So you end up querying a lot more things that you need, uh, which is again, slowing down your things. Yeah. And so Celior uh, supports GraphQL. Yes. Dato, I think, supports yes. GraphQL. Uh, what about Ghost? Uh, it is, uh, I think it's a RESTful yeah, API. I think it's a RESTful API. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But 
but the case there is that we are just fetching articles, so we don't have any anything else in terms of information in yeah. the Ghost itself. And Ghost is not in any way uh, headless first. Ghost, oh, they, yeah. they, they support their marketplace, they have their own uh, template language and so on. There is a way to run it uh, headlessly, but they are not headless first in any way. For sure. Still, still. Which is something to keep in mind. If, if the system is not designed to be used headlessly, then probably you're going to face some problems down the road. Yeah, so Ghost and WordPress adopted to... to mm -hmm. To the headless, to the headless world, uh, yeah, and it also plays really well with uh, with TypeScript, and you can yes, GraphQL explore, use the explorer to figure out the fields. Absolutely, yeah, GraphQL is playing nice with TypeScript. You can generate all the uh, possible objects you can get from the GraphQL API, and then you have some some magical things like code generation and validation and things like this. So, so it's making it way way easier than before. Yeah, and perhaps. The reasoning uh, or the motivation behind all of this is, you mentioned it in the beginning, you can be really productive uh, by combining all those tools together, like using Next.js, because most probably you're pretty good with React and yes. front-end programming with React, mm -hmm. uh, Vercel for infrastructure, because it's like zero configuration, you just throw it there and it runs. And then you can uh, pick and choose and combine various headless services mm -hmm. to build something that's actually usable and can be used by end users. Uh, and sometimes you need to like combine two or three services together, but have a common way to authenticate users between them. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? Well, probably using something like Next Out that is uh, uh, using the uh, middlewares in Next.js in order to provide you with the meaningful authentication methods. Um, I haven't actually used it a lot since most of the uh, projects I've been working on are kind of public. I mean, every page there is public. So if, if you need to authenticate, then probably you need to go to the backend somehow and uh, validate your real user. But uh, I think that definitely uh, next out is the way to go there. So yeah, you can... Next out is a set of, it's an implementation around uh, around authentication and they support like uh, OAuth and uh, stuff like this, but mm -hmm. it's basically a bunch of API routes and a bunch of middlewares combined together that can give you out of the box ready to go authentication on top of next. Mm -hmm. And they use uh, like, um, they store your, your session in a cookie in an, like an encrypted way, but when it comes to actually authenticating users, you need to have basically a way uh, to, uh, you need to have an uh, out server, like mm -hmm. uh, some kind of a service or a server that knows how to authenticate users. And usually from our experience, this is uh, where Django comes in mm -hmm. and our core backend service is uh, doing the authentication and you go there and you can hook this with Nextout, mm -hmm. but you can also use services like um, Out0, yeah. Firebase, and and, Whatever. and all, all of those services, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it takes some time to figure out what you actually what you actually need, especially if you if you have uh, Nextout in 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 the equation. But uh, this is how you approach authentication. Uh, for example, right now what I'm actually uh, what I'm testing is I want to have a Next application. Mm -hmm where everyone who has Hacksoft email can authenticate with Google OAuth right. and no one else. Okay. And it actually took me 
four hours in total. One hour was fighting with uh, ChatGPT <laughs> to figure out that the solution that it provided was for previous version of uh, of Next and Next Out. All right. So I had to debug debug the code there. <laughs> uh, but it's really once you know what you're doing, it's quite straightforward, and you can get to a uh, working prototype in production really, really fast. And this is what I like about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've been thinking recently why why it's now that most of the CMS systems are uh, starting to support headless. And when I open most of the websites, they almost all of them, they have tutorials how to go with Next.js or Gatsby or something similar. And I'm thinking that now that we have a, back, a serverless backend for our frontend, uh, unleashes the whole potential of of doing such things because you pretty often need some kind of a backend on your front end in order to do things like image resizing, caching, uh, you know, even uh, rendering um, social cards or, yeah. or, or things like that. So before that, if you want just to go with React, there there is not an easy way to to do all of this that combines basically all of these nice tools. And now that we have uh, uh, React with Next and Vercel. Yeah. We can pretty much have our backend. We can pretty much have a serverless backend for our frontend. Yes, and it's pretty handy sometimes, even in terms of let's say you want to do a sitemap, you want to do something that for sure needs to be, uh, for sure it needs a backend in order to to render. You cannot do like only JavaScript based sitemap, and you can just create an API route, query the data you need from the GraphQL API, do some transformation with JavaScript in order to render as XML, and just throw it out there. Yeah. And it works. It may not be the great solution out there, but but it works just because you, you can have backend functionality on your front-end project. If you don't have something on your CMS, you can just fine-tune, build some things around it and, and have it there in the in the React in the next project. Yeah, I, uh, for I think the same it was the missing it was the missing part of uh, full stack web development mm -hmm. having front-end with backend capabilities, but also having backend with backend capabilities and also having headless systems and also having serverless systems. Mm -hmm. And then combining everything together is really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is the way to go forward uh, because it gives you productivity and it gives you quite a lot of choice, which is important. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover. Yeah, my biggest takeaways here is that sometimes you don't really need to write any kind of complex backend. Sometimes there are a lot of tools that can just help you build the MVP, build build the build the thing that you need in terms of backend, and just use Next, use the tools that you're already productive with in order to build your front end. Yes, uh, same takeaway for me. It's great, and I, I believe there is going to be much more development in this area and uh, it's going to be better for us software developers to build better software. Absolutely. And yeah, that's it. Uh, the server is resting <laughs> here. Uh, that was for uh, episode five. We talked about headless. Uh, if you have any questions for us or uh, you want to comment on the topics that we are discussing, please feel free to use YouTube comments or whatever else you have a comment and there is a Hackcast uh, context uh, next to it. Write, write a comment there, like, subscribe, of course. And uh, yeah, we we'll very much like to know what people are thinking about the topics that we are currently discussing. Absolutely. All right. And see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.